Uh, that was Miss Roxy Copeland, y'all. Miss Twyla Twang and the Women's Show. Uh, we're beginning our Sweethearts and Badasses of Americana interview. And today we have Miss Roxy Copeland. And let me tell you, you just heard three tracks from her. We began the show with the title track from her EP, I Come From Crazy. My, one of my personal favorites. <clears throat> uh, obviously, why? Uh, followed by Love Me Out Loud from the 2017 Bad Decision. And the third song you just heard was Daddy Don't Do Politics from I Come From Crazy. I think we got you on the line. Are you there, Miss Roxy? I'm here. Yay, awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us, and welcome to our Sweethearts and Badasses of Americana and Beyond interview series. Well, I am very happy to be here. Thanks for having me, Twyla. Uh, we're just, just honored, and, and I, you know, right from the get-go when I heard I Come From Crazy, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what a great album, a uh, great song. Uh, you know, your songwriting, so witty. Uh, super, Thank super you. funny. I lo- oh, my Lord, I crack up. Um, <laughs> self, kind of self-deprecating, you know. You just draw, uh, open yourself up like, this is who I am. I'm, I'm, I'm crazy and my daddy and uh, yeah, the great song with daddy, Don't Do Politics. And by the way, we do do politics here on the women's show. <laughs> Good to know. So, um, but before we dive into that album, I'd like the listeners to know a little bit more about you. Um, I recognized immediately some jazz phrasings and I like kind of looked into it's like, well, this isn't your average song slinger. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I understand you're classically trained. Uh, could you, is that correct? You could tell us a little bit about your uh, musical training and background? Yeah, of course. Um, so I started taking um, piano lessons when I was four. My, my father played in a Dixieland jazz band. And so some of my earliest memories are going to clubs with him and dancing you know, to this amazing music. And so I, I told him that I wanted to learn piano. And he was like, ah, you know, piano lessons are expensive and you're young. And I just kept bugging him and kept bugging him. And eventually he caved and uh, got me piano lessons. And I kind of never looked back. So <laughs> I'm very grateful to him for, um, yeah, getting me those piano lessons, getting me started. Mm-hmm. And um, from there, I, I played in every music ensemble that I could all the way up through school, up through college with a real focus on jazz. Um, Growing up, my mom listened to country and uh, bluegrass and gospel, and my dad was into jazz and um, horn bands and classical music. So I was very fortunate that I got broad exposure to a lot of genres as a kid, and I think that um, they've all, of course, influenced my songwriting. Definitely. And the the jazz stylings, your, your vocal stylings, are well obviously unique in yours but i noticed on your because uh your uh, spotify playlist um we share one of my favorite uh, jazz vocals cassandra wilson oh my goodness isn't she fantastic amazing and uh, well so what are some of your other influences jazz vocals oh my goodness pick a, pick a genre <laughs> we'll be here all day. i hear you <laughs> well yeah like so jazz vocalists female jazz vocalists oh. Okay, female jazz vocalist. So certainly Cassandra Wilson has been one of my biggest. I just, I love the way that she plays with phrases. I love her deep, gorgeous voice. Mm-hmm. Um, I love, you know, like the way that she's behind the beat. It always feels so relaxed and yet so perfectly timed. Yes. Uh, in addition to Cassandra Wilson, um, I, I grew up with a lot of like Diana Krall, singing uh-huh. pianist, singing female pianist. Yes. Um, of course, the classics, you know, 
Etta James and uh, Dinah Washington and, you know, Billy and all the way back. Um, I just have been been so fortunate to <laughs> to grow up listening to so much great music. Yeah, and you can hear, uh, yeah, I, I love to first hear it, wonder about the influences and look at the influences and that it, it all lines up. It's such a, such a great sound, but yet it's, uh, it's, it's uniquely yours. And I, I encourage our listeners to um, check out your YouTubes because there's a, a flair of, with your expression, you know, the way you sing, it's very uh, expressive and yeah. you can get a better feel for it. You know, I, for me personally, when you can watch someone sing as opposed to just listening so y'all out there go to roxy's uh youtube and check it out um you know you're you're talking about your background now, i you came from milwaukee is that correct originally uh originally i'm actually from a little tiny town a couple hours south of seattle called aberdeen washington little timber town okay um and that's that's where i grew up and then i uh, moved to iowa to go to grinnell college <laughs> um, and then uh, I met the man that is now my husband, and we moved from Des Moines to take um, a job for him in Vancouver, BC, for a year. Oh, uh, he's a he's a professor, so mm -hmm. we were up there for a year, and it was a, a one year thing. And then we moved to Milwaukee uh, for about I think six years. He was working there, and I was also working there. And then we moved down to Texas, where we are now. So we moved around a fair bit. Yeah, and uh, so uh, what prompted the move to Austin? Well, Austin, there's a few right? things. Um, I I love the Midwest, but I can't. I couldn't handle the winters there. I just don't have. <laughs> I just can't. The summers are gorgeous, but uh, I remember, you know, since I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, I wasn't used to the Midwest winter. And the first winter that I was in Iowa, I made the mistake of walking outside my dorm with my hair still wet. <laughs> This was like in January, and I was like trying to put it up in a knot, and a piece broke off because it was frozen. It was frozen, and I'm just like, what am I doing? <laughs> Get me out of here. I know. I was like, what am I doing? I was wearing like 14 layers of clothes every day. I looked like the Michelin Man. It was just, it wasn't a good fit. Like, anyhow, so, um, yeah, so what prompted me to move to Austin is that, um, uh, my husband, Scott, was offered a position at the University of Texas at Austin, and I had visited the city before. Uh, I knew I loved the weather. I loved the food. I loved the music scene here. And because my writing was starting to tilt more towards Americana and those influences that I had when I was young, all those great storytellers, you know, Willie and Reba, um, it just seemed like a really good match. So uh, off we went to Austin. That was about four years ago at this point. All right. So you... Um we're in Austin during the COVID event. Yes. Um, yes. The two I've noticed the last couple of years, uh, a couple of words that I just don't really want to ever hear again is unprecedented. Oh my gosh. And pivot. Give me both. <laughs> but pivot, I, I think I don't want to hear canceled gig ever again. Right, ever. exactly. <laughs> Where do you pivot to when you, that's all you know? But you did. Uh, you, you made it very, uh, from what I, just from the, you know, brief readings, your pivot kind of was in your songwriting. Would that be accurate? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I realized with the record before this that I put out in 2017 called Bad Decision, like I finally felt with that record that I was writing the way that I wanted to write. Like I was having trouble 
um, combining these influences I had that were very important to me as a child, combining jazz and country, and I hadn't seen it done a lot, you know? Uh Um, You know, but besides little touches here and there, and so I started really focusing on um, just trying to be authentic and be like, you know what? Um, Some people who, you know, like country music, don't want a little flavor of jazz, and some who are in jazz were like, oh, you're a little too country. And I just thought, I'm just going to be who I am. I have both of these influences very heavy, you know, in uh, <laughs> in my songwriting, and that's fine. I'm going to combine them. And I felt like with that 2017 album, yeah, I was finally being authentic about who I was as a songwriter, that it was okay to come from a very uh, varied musical background and, you know, um, that somebody out there may find the combination of the two, uh, you know, nice to listen to. Oh, I, yeah, I do. I know. Uh, it's, it's <laughs> Well, and I think what comes across, too, is that authenticity. It's it, it feels so genuine because it is. That's just uh, oh, refreshing. I love it. I I want to let's can we dive into uh, the, uh, <laughs> I come from crazy. Um, was, album was released uh, April eighth. Yeah, and you've uh, specifically "Daddy Don't Do Politics" and uh, "I Come From Crazy" have uh, kind of been been nominated as finalist, semi finalist in the international songwriting competition. Congratulations! Thank you. Yeah, I was super super excited. Like between those, uh, that EP had five songs, and so far it's had five songwriting awards. Um, <laughs> like three of them for "I Come From Crazy" and two for "Daddy Don't Do Politics." You know, uh, and I'm just I'm very grateful for the, the recognition. I'm glad folks like the song. Cause nothing better than somebody saying, hey, I love that song you wrote. So. Yeah, it is. Uh, has to be affirming, reconfirming to have that acknowledgement. Uh, has any, uh, any of those accolades opened any doors or uh, any kind of ripple effect from that? Well, I feel like um, it's it's definitely caused an uptick in songwriting organizations saying, hey, you know, would you be interested in speaking to our group, our folks? Um, you know, and sometimes it's it's more of a an auxiliary thing where your publicist is <laughs> excited about the fact that they can include it on, uh, you know, here's here's why you might want to check out this song, mm-hmm. on this and this and this award. So um, both directly and indirectly, yeah, it, it's it's been really great, especially for... Um, kind of getting into the Texas scene more. COVID uh, uh, was horrible for everybody, is horrible for everybody, um, but it, it certainly destroyed the music scene here uh, in Texas and other places for <laughs> a great while. So um, things like that allow you to um, get your name out in songwriting communities. And since I didn't grow up in Texas, those have helped me to kind of, I guess, to introduce me to the songwriting community here. And I think that segues right into kind of how the uh, lineup and how that album was created. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, sure. <clears throat> so when uh, when COVID started um, and kind of came to national attention in March of 2020, I was working on songs for an album, um, but basically every every gig I had fell off the calendar within two months. I lost more than 100 shows in 2020, um, understandably. But I thought, oh man, how am I going to make this record? There goes all of my income because <laughs> this is what I do for a living. Right. So uh, in a in very serendipitous fashion, a, a fantastic engineer in town who also lost all his bookings because the musicians didn't have any money anymore um, said, hey, I know this is rough for everybody, 
um, I'm going to accept folks to come in and do a, a pay what you can sort of thing. Um, and I was like, okay, you know, and I, I told him what I could pay and, uh, and he was like, all right. And we worked out a deal and then I continued writing and, um, the songs like daddy don't do politics and I come from crazy. I, along with everybody else was depressed about the situation. And so I thought I'm either going to laugh or I'm going to cry. And so I kind of started delving into thoughts about family, you know, and the people that I was uh, still interacting with uh, in a physical sense at, at that point. And uh, it, it came together pretty quickly from there. This was my way of uh, trying to deal with that period in time uh, in an artistic sense and not, you know, fall into depressive habits. Uh we, oh, there! I think we've lost her, Deb. I'm here. Oh, you're there. Oh, you just paused. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I just paused. Oh, 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 oh. Um, yeah, depressive <laughs> habits, and then nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah well, I just, uh, you know. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, that 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 was it. Really, that was just yeah. a, it was it was my way of trying to work through um, the trauma of that, and to you know, like just I, I've always kind of dealt with bad situations with humor. Uh, and so uh, I did it again. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's brilliantly uh, tied into our current um, <clears throat> sadness and and frustration and anger just over the last couple of days. Uh, and Phil mentioned it on the pre- program previously uh, about uh, the necessity for levity. Uh, it's just got to have a little bright, funny, giddy, silly, and it just takes that pressure off of the heaviness. Um, you have to have a release valve. Or exactly. It'll just go nuts. Like, yes. you, you've got to have that. I, I just don't understand people who don't have a sense of humor. I'm like, how do you function in day-to-day life? <laughs> you've got to have a release valve. Yes, yes, definitely. I, and uh, while you're, so that, speaking of politics, uh, your song, there's a funny little backstory, I understand, to uh, Daddy Don't Do Politics. Which is a great yes. little thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so my dad grew up um, He, uh, with a lot of privilege. He came from a very wealthy family. And when he, uh, his parents paid for his college, they paid for his Juris Doctorate degree. They gave him a bunch of money. They gave him a free house. You know, so he had, um, he just had kind of a head start in life. Uh, and he's very conservative politically. And he was bemoaning how, uh, just saying that my generation, millennials, you know, nobody wants to work and, you know, just we were having a frustrating conversation. And so I got a little passive aggressive <laughs> and wrote the song, <laughs> Daddy Don't Do Politics, because he says he doesn't get involved in politics, but he very much does. Uh, and uh, I just I, I wanted to call him out a bit on it. And it's funny because, yeah, that, that song has, has won a couple of awards and a bunch of people in my family really like the tune. And, uh, yeah, dad was just like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> but he also said it's catchy. Okay. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you hate, you hate it when you have to look in the mirror sometimes. Uh, I do love that line about, uh, but what about the rest of us who weren't rich and white? And <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and part part of it, I think, was the dichotomy between the way my dad grew up and the way I did. Because right before I was born, uh, he lost a whole lot of money on a bad real estate deal. 
and so, uh, and he managed to, through hard work, to his credit, he works very hard. Um, he was a, a lawyer and uh, then a judge for many, many years. He's now retired. But um, basically, he wasn't able to reaccumulate that wealth until about when I went off to college. So I grew up in a very different situation. We always had plenty of food to eat. You know, but there was a lot of hand-me-downs and a lot of being, you know, very, very careful with money mm-hmm. uh, and just being aware of, um, you know, that we couldn't do some of the things that uh, other kids could because we just didn't have the money to do it. And so I think that if you grow up always having everything versus always being aware of how much things cost and things you can't do, uh, you're probably going to come away with a slightly different political viewpoint. <laughs> I, I, that's an understatement, yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's how that happened. Awesome. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, gosh darn it, it's gone so fast. I kind of want to ask about um, your airport gig. I just, like, is that accurate? You have a gig in Austin's airport? Yes, I do. Um, so the the Austin airport has about, I think, eight stages at this point. And, of course, Austin is known as the live music capital of the world. And so the city thought it would be a good idea if oh, we kind of greeted all the folks flying in, flying out with um, some of the, uh, you know, the many live musicians that live, well, I hope they're live, with some of the <laughs> many musicians in Austin, yeah. um, you know, doing that. So about a couple times a month, I play on various stages at the Austin airport. And it's really fun because, you know, like I'm, I always meet new people there and get to talk to a lot of folks and I'm kind of extroverted. So I love hearing people's stories about, you know, why they're there, where they're from. And it's just a real great way to connect with folks via music. That is so brilliant, uh, especially being a, um, a music city. You know, I know you come into New Orleans Airport and they have, you know, like live, a little live jazz piano going. But the idea of stages and all with all the uh, working yeah. musicians or musicians who want to work more, any, any exposure they get, that is such a brilliant idea. Um, yeah, it's really cool. And I know that there are several cities at this point that are doing similar programs. So I hope it spreads. I mean, okay. like folks really seem to, to like it at the airport. You know, it's not always a, a pleasant experience. You're a little rushed, but um, it just, it, it seems to lift their spirits a bit. And that makes me happy. Very nice. Very, very cool. Well, um, we are at 1230. We have, today's a pretty special day here on KZOM, not only because we have Roxy Copeland as our guests or sweethearts and badasses of Americana, but some little, some lady over here might have a special day, and I, she don't know that I arranged this with Mix Roxy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. about that. Well, you think maybe we should give her, you know, a little, little birthday present? Well, we, know, but you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, wow. I, I, I got the hint. Go on, take it away, Roxy. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear dad. Oh, my gosh. Happy birthday to you. Oh, my. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. What a a treat. I think that's the best thing that's happened to me all day so far. Thank you, Roxy. You're welcome. (laughs) So special. And that's going to be saved right back in our uh, archives so i can go back and listen yes to that. ma'am that's our on soundcloud <laughs> i might just can i just snip off that segment just anytime you need a little boost you can hear roxy <laughs> copeland singing happy birthday i you. might need a little boost and thank you roxy you are you're welcome very special i really appreciate it very that's much a, she's, she's both a sweetheart and definitely a badass <laughs> 
Um, I'm going to close with uh, House of the Rising Sun. And before we set that up and tell us about your twist on it uh, that I want folks to understand and listen for, um, I want to make sure also folks know uh, how to follow you, get in touch, see what's happening, your socials and website, et cetera. Absolutely. So um, first on my website is roxycopeland.com. Roxy is R-O-X-I. Copeland is C-O-P-L-A-N-D. Looks like Copeland. I assume they dropped off a letter or something at Ellis Island. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so if you Google Roxy Copeland, um, it'll pop up. I'm also on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and Spotify and any major music listening service, Apple Music, all that. Um, you can find me there. It's uh, just Google Google Roxy Copeland. It'll any service you want. It'll pop up. Awesome, very accessible. Um, and the House on the Rising Sun. Yes. So um, I have always loved that song, and I dug into the backstory on it a little bit, and uh, it turns out that it first popped up in Appalachian folk music a long time ago, and then uh, the animals heard it. Uh, and uh, decided they were going to do the song. And when it was originally written, it was written for a woman to sing. Uh, you know, a lot of folks don't know that. That's like, right. The woman, yeah, it was uh, her singing about working in a brothel rather than about the man who just can't stay away. So the animals said, we're going to do this. Their manager said, you can't. It's written for a woman. They said, watch us. And they switched the gender of the lead character. And we all know that it turned into a massive hit for the band. Mm-hmm. So when I arranged it, I wanted to take it back um, to, uh, you know, to where it was the story of the sex worker herself, and I felt that that necessitated a darker arrangement, you know, with a little, some some musical tweaks to uh, show, like, the pain of this woman who wants to leave but can't and, you know, feels trapped there. So I added, you know, uh, more of a minor feel and a bit of dissonance to kind of better relate how I thought she would be feeling very well captured, I must say. We're going to give folks a chance to listen to that. Uh, thanks again, Miss Roxy. We're very pleased to have you today. And thank, thank you, Miss Roxy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Thank you for having so me. I, I always love talking music with folks. So awesome. Thank you. And do keep in mind, if you uh, get a tour going, uh, make sure you try to swing through Lincoln. We get you in the studio, maybe help promote a show and do what we can to support one another. Oh, yeah. I have, I mean, my mama's in Arthur, Nebraska. My grandparents and uncle are in Ogallala. I've got cousins in Omaha. You know, I was born in Gothenburg, actually, okay. so... <laughs> oh, wait, 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 yeah. wait, wait. Hold the phone. <laughs> <laughs> you name-dropping yeah. little towns in Nebraska, like... <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, so I was born in Gothenburg. And born in Gothenburg. Big chunk. Gothenburg is way out in West Texas. Oh. It's tiny. It's like, it's oh. big claim to fame. Is oh, that, ma'am, I... I <laughs> Uh, the last stop on the Pony Express. Pony Express, yes. I'm from <laughs> yeah, Western Nebraska yeah. myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so um, because my mom is from Ogallala, we used to spend a big chunk of every summer. She would pack up us kids from the Northwest, and we would drive all the way to Nebraska, and we'd spend a month on my grandparents' farm every, every summer for the entire time that I was growing up. So I've, I've spent some time there. And we also shot the last the video for um, my last album in Omaha because my cousin Tony, who lives there, is a fantastic cameraman. So, I, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of the Cornhusker State. I've got at least a dozen relatives running around up there. So I will, I will make sure to include a tour stop next time I'm coming through. Please do. That is so awesome. <laughs> 
fellow Nebraska girl. That's so freaking cool. Um, <laughs> did you did you learn how to ride a horse backwards in Nebraska? <laughs> <laughs> My grandfather would be so upset if he saw that shot because he actually, you know, taught me to ride very young. And one of my earliest memories is uh, the horse I was on, Midnight, was uh, bucked really strongly because he got stung by a bee on the cheek. And I was about <sighs> five years old. Oh, no. And so he, he threw me off into the corral gate. And I was terrified because I'm just a little kid and I was just, you know, crying. And my grandfather, um, who I love dearly, but he also, like, he's a no-nonsense type of man, was like, you're going right back on that horse because if you don't get on now, you'll never ride again. And I was like, no, you know, um, but it turns out that uh, he was right. And I now have, you know, a, a serious love of, of horse riding. And I think had I not done what he said, had he not put me back up on the horse, you know, I might have just been scared to lay. So... Yeah, grandparents know some things. Grandpa's a great (laughs) influence. Literally get back on the horse and... uh, Literally. And probably lit some uh, arsenic tendency if you had any from... (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if we have time to get into that. (laughs) I love that. That's right. There's so much... Maybe we'll have to have a part two because there's a a lot in there. But we do want to get on with our next segment. So uh, thanks again. I'm going to close out with House of the Rising Sun. And uh, girlfriend, be be well. And hope to see you soon. (laughs) Yeah, y'all have a good day. Thanks again for having me. Take care. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye.